Welcome to OK Video, the show where video store clerks reminisce about the rental days. I'm Nathan Rohr, formerly of Hillhurst Rogers, Story 613. I'm joined as always by Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here from Blockbuster. Uh, where else? BHQ, movie gallery, a movie theater at one point. Anywho, I'm here and I'm excited to be talking movies and this batch with my friend Nathan Rohr. Uh, this past batch, we looked at weird buddy cop pairings, uh, movies that put a twist on the old formula of pairing cops of different backgrounds to solve crimes or mysteries or just problems. Uh, this week, we're ranking the batch. We're discovering more about each other's true thoughts as we put these movies against each other in a battle for the top spot. But it's not exactly a battle because we each get our own list, but we're kind of just revealing what we really thought because I felt I kind of was, you know, not transparent about a couple things over the course of the batch so i'm gonna come clean this time uh who goes first uh we each have a list eight to one and Uh, this is your batch so you should probably reveal your number one last so i'll go first on my number eight okay does that make sense i think that's how we did it in previous seasons where it was like whoever's the idea it is for that season they revealed their number one first last franchise i went first Yes, and okay. I revealed Battlefield Earth last. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So number eight on the weird buddy cop, weird cop buddy Well, list. do we want to do a quick rundown of the eight movies that we saw this season just for just for my... I guess we could. I don't know if we did last time, but... Uh... I just think it'd be good. I know I sometimes forget which movies we watched in the last eight weeks. Okay. I'm going to look at our neutral list, so I'm not secretly just the order list. anything. Just do the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, these are the lists in, as we watch them, not in preference. We watched Last Action Hero, Theodore Rex, Alien Nation, The Hidden, The Rest in Peace Department, Heart Condition, Dead Heat, and Osmosis Jones. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. So th- those are the films in contention, and the worst of them, according to Ryan, was... R.I.P.D. Nice. That's exactly where I put it. <laughs> it ended up just sinking right to the bottom. Well, okay, so this is my thing. Like, as I was going through this list and making it in my head, because I didn't write it out, I was just like, there were other, like, there were movies that are much more poorly made than R.I.P.D. Mm-hmm. Like, R.I.P.D. clearly has a budget and has actors and people's faces that I enjoy seeing in a film. Yeah. But because it's so lazy... Or, like, machine-made. It's, like, the best criticism I saw, and it wasn't of this movie, but it made me think of R.I.P.D. It was somebody criticizing Men in Black 4. He was, like, uh, this is, like, an AI made this movie. Like, you have trending <laughs> actors on an aging but potentially rebootable uh, concept and put them all together and, and put in, like, Liam Neeson as a bad guy. And all of a sudden, boom, you get this, yeah, like, d- successful Dude, film. You, you literally just said the phrase Men in Black 4, and I went, like, there was a fourth one? So that's the kind of energy, <laughs> like, exuded by Men in Black International. Yes. Which is just forgettable, wishes it was a blockbuster kind of thing. Well, it just wishes and, – and, and the thing is, like, I, as I was, like, talking to somebody that was, like, like, wait, but I love Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. I'm like, I do, too. That movie sucks, though. And it's the same yeah. thing about R.I.P.D. It's like you list out all those attributes like Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges at the peak of their like um, success. The guy who made Red, like he comes off of this like fun movie. Um, mm-hmm. You got Mary Stewart uh, doing a great job. You got uh, Kevin Bacon as the bad guy and having a great time. You have like this Men in Black type concept. And then you just watch this movie and it's just like, ugh. Yeah, like part of the thing that really dated it too was the made for 3D action that they kind of just keep cramming into it. Like uh, instead of having like scenes with any kind of tension as to whether someone's undead and they're trying to figure it out, it just like explodes into a big 3D chase up a building or something. Yes. And that that was just like, oh, I don't know. Like I like things about the conceit and then they just didn't develop any of those interesting parts and just kind of were spitting tiki masala at me and and talking about i don't know some well, some sort of beacon that would reverse the corpses like it, yeah it was just a mess like this i wasn't movie having came a great out time 2010 2011 which one was it i think i thought it was 13 2013 that's even worse so for my point yeah is that like <laughs> yeah. they put like 
so much money into this movie and you can't see it on screen because the special effects are terrible. Like the dead like other Yeah. The Deadites look Other than the terrible. one scene I, I mentioned briefly in the episode where like a room ages several hundred years in like two seconds and pans around. I thought that looked okay. But when people are turning into monsters, like Kevin Bacon doesn't get to become a really cool looking monster. He just gets taller and his head kind of comes apart a little bit. But he looks like, like he goes just... from a real person to a fake person because he becomes that like weird Cartoon. digitalized flesh where there's no pores and it's super cloudy Shiny. and yeah. doesn't look real. And it's like that's the entire film. And, and we're already at this point where you they can do these things. Like they've been doing realistic full CGI characters for a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, no, yeah, it was so. Yeah, R.I.P.D. is your number eight as well. It was also my number eight. Hey, yeah. that's nice. It, yeah, we we might only agree on one movie in this entire list. Is my suspicion? Maybe, but uh, yeah, this this was one I just had no excitement about. And again, like you said, kind of felt bad for Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges because I do like them, mm-hmm. but they just get one note characters or kind of. Why is Ryan Reynolds the straight man? Like just kind of weird, miscalculated stuff. Why is Ryan Reynolds the straight man? Just this is, but this is the era of Ryan Reynolds where he had no idea how to like capitalize on his talent because he's like, just yeah, chasing. just kind of fishing for something. Yeah, he's just chasing yeah. franchises, and it's like just do something organically, and it's almost like the the indie roots of Deadpool are kind of inspiring because yes, it's a big blockbuster movie, but like it started as like like a, a short animatic scene where like. Like him and Tim Miller sit, sat down and made like a that you know that opening scene where he's on the oh, like bridge? him sitting on the parking like the bridge yeah 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 they, they did an animatic for that scene that he voiced the character for to pitch to studios on this rated R Deadpool character before mm-hmm. they had any money so it's like this low budget like animation started off as this grassroots thing without a studio backing them and then the studio backed them so yeah anyways. and it worked out yeah it worked for out money. really well yeah. Uh, okay, so we both went, I guess. So it's back to you. <laughs> yes, it's back to me. Okay, so I think this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna deviate a little bit, just Mate. because I'm I'm a little nervous. We so we're sitting here on Zoom talking to each other because we can't be in, in person yet. And Nathan chose his all episode all season long. He's chosen uh, his background, his virtual background, to be the poster of the movie we're talking about that week. For the last ranking episode, he's chosen Theodore Rex. Yeah, and that's my number seven. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's it's pretty low on my list too, but I just felt it was like spiritually what this category it was, was it about. Did come out of this category is kind of like Nathan. He also had another category of like bad T Rex like dinosaur films. I was looking for bad dinosaur movies, and this was right in there. And then but... he found a way to like. I wasn't excited about the list that he created of bad dinosaur films. And you don't want to watch like, Carnosaur two, dude. I did Come watch on, Carnosaur two or one, two, and three. You had all three of them. There was all three of them. I needed to get to nine or eight or whatever. Anyways, yeah. uh, and then it was we worked out this buddy cop season, and that's how Theodore Rex got thrown in there. I did not enjoy Theodore Rex. I I know I should have. Like all the things are there for it to be a bad movie and for me to enjoy myself, but like it's just so broken of a movie that it's just like clearly reason why we're not remembering it even in a cult way is mm-hmm. like it's just not fun like it's it's not like doing one thing or the other and i was thinking about this the other day i was like super i was thinking about the super mario brothers because we watched bob hoskins this season and it was like a janky broken movie from our childhood that i still have like this weird affinity for yeah even though it's like not a good mario film it's clearly not a good fantasy film. It's clearly got so many broken concepts in it, but there's something like, like, oh man, they actually did it. They did this weird Gonzo <laughs> film and they went for yeah. it. Yeah, They tried to make something out of like less than like a premise of just like these brothers are plumbers and I don't know, turtles. And yeah. they tried to make something 100%. like, yeah. And the, uh, Theodore Rex, what, I don't the know Max why people. it's in the same vein in my head. Maybe because of mm-hmm. video stores had them on the shelf next to each other. But Theodore Rex is just something that we can easily forget. But Super Mario Brothers is something like I'm probably not going to forget. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. No, it came up in the episode, too, because it has that song in the trailer. Like, everybody do the dinosaur. Uh, so they're sort of linked. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll get into Theodore Rex pretty soon here. But my number seven was Heart Condition. Which, Whoa. Uh, yeah. Whoa. What? Nathan, we were like... Do you secretly love this movie? No! Like, but okay. I feel like we were arguing way more about this movie, and I was like a very negative person that episode. 
and you yeah. were kind of like trying to pull me out of the negativity. It like okay, the 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 big phrase that came out of that episode was tone whiplash and this was like the biggest case of it in the in the batch. I will say like generally I I kind of liked this batch like every movie to okay. some extent. Yes. Maybe without RIPD, so I'm not like mad at this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the weirdest combination of like really serious subject matter and like dark villainy but with this comedy that is periodically there and there's like two talented actors at the center of it trying to lift it up but they just can't it's just an impossible task with like what they're saddled with so this movie's super broken but i found it interesting as like this 90s curio and it has some like noble notions in it maybe thanks to Denzel coming in and like changing the character or whatever. Yes. Like they managed to fix it a little bit, but it's just, it just like minute to minute. Like it just doesn't work very well. And no, even and, like, though the bad guy does get shot at the end, like that guy was so sinister. I was just like, I need to know that guy's dead. Like that guy was a problem. Also, you need to go after all these corrupt senators that are on his list or whatever. Cause that isn't solved at all. But whatever, he gets married and the ghost is there. It's fun. Like, it just tries to play it off. And it's like, you got into some dark stuff and then you didn't solve it. So, yeah, it was a weird movie. Uh, So, I'm just going to reveal my number six. My number six is Heart Condition, so we can actually chat about it a little bit. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, mine is number six. And I I had to put it just above Theodore because I didn't enjoy Theodore's viewing experience. But... At least with heart condition, like you said, there's those talented actors there that are trying to elevate the material. But like mm-hmm. my point still goes to the fact that I think they horrifically failed. And it, I don't know if it's the material's fault being that bad. The elevate the actors can't elevate it. But like for me, like the biggest like strike against the film, and we talked about this during the episode that we watched it, was that early yeah. on, like they're trying to establish Bob Hoskins' character as this deeply seated racist, and he has his big arc through the whole movie. But then he has mm-hmm. this like really tender emotional scene with Denzel's mom. But like in yeah. the first twenty minutes, when he's peak <laughs> racist, and I'm yeah. like, this makes like this is such tonal, like this is like somebody sitting down and not caring about the plot or character development and just writing a scene because they had this opportunity to do this great one. And I put great in in quotations, great one-off scene with these two characters and like thinking, not thinking to themselves like, well, we could have done this later with more emotional impact, but we needed the plot to progress because she's going to share something that pushes the plot forward. So I thought that scene worked in in isolation, but you're right where it happens in the movie. Like, why would he be this tender and like sincere at this point in the movie? Like, that's not who you've established so far. He's still deeply ashamed that he has a black man's heart in his chest. And here he is opening and being vulnerable and showing the scar and thanking her type of thing. I'm like, this makes no sense to this character. Yet. Unless he's, a, yeah. unless he he's hasn't a, gotten there, unless he's a chauvinist who like thinks like, oh, a woman isn't really count as somebody I should be racist against because they're weak and feeble or something or like, or sure. Like she needs to be comforted and I'm not that bad of a guy yeah. when it comes to that or something. Because again, yeah, page, yeah, that page. movie is, I don't know. It's so rooted in like a very specific weird window in time. Like it's a movie that like, You'd be like, really? That exists? Like Denzel Washington and Bob Hoskins teamed up together? That's why I wanted it in here. To be fair, and like that yeah. right there, the, the thing you just said to me sounds like a fun movie. That is not yeah. the movie we got, though. I know, but that's the movie they advertised. I know. It was like, oh, it's like a fun comedy. And it's like, it's really not. Like, yeah. it's sort of a seedy, dark crime movie with, like, occasional zaniness inserted into it. Yes. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't think if you had just if you just told me, like, bluntly, oh, yeah, here's a movie where, like, Buddy Cop movie uh, with Denzel and, and Bob Hoskins of like, oh, both of those guys are like, they do violence well in their films and they're both like kind of got a chip off their shoulders, but in a different sort of way. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that could that's be a not good what we got up. in the slightest. Yeah. So uh, number six for me, we've already looked at. It's uh, Theodore Rex. Oh, man. We're just put it... swapping numbers this time around, huh? Yeah, pretty, pretty close so far. Uh, I put it here above the previous two just because. This is a this is probably like the most inept movie of the whole batch, but I kind of enjoyed where it was going wrong with its decision making, mm-hmm. like making Teddy the main character, making Whoopi kind of the straight person who you don't really get to know much about and doesn't get to do her comedy stylings. Like all these bad decisions went into it that at least made me kind of like 
baffled at what was happening. Yeah. So I was kind of enjoying it. Yeah. And I think it was one of our best conversations like of the batch because it was just so was off the wall broken. So I enjoyed it in hindsight a bit more than the actual sitting down to watch it experience. Okay. I just, yeah. Nathan, I can't tell you how many times I, I thought about this afterwards, but like I turned on this movie and had to like double check multiple times because I had to watch, I had troubles watching it at the beginning of like yeah. on different types of different medias in which I was trying to watch it. And it was like, is this, wait, am I watching the right movie? Because it like, it opens as the weirdest way that you're like, this is not what a movie like, like fantasy, this should open. black and white yeah. with like a scroll and like this exploding butterfly. And like old English like character le- like lettering. You're like, what is, what, what am I watching? I am watching Theodore Rex, right? Like I didn't, somebody didn't like, like Rick roll Upload me the wrong thing. Rick Ashley's <laughs> going to pop up and be like, never going to give you up. And I'm like, oh, okay. But this was a bit, but it is sort of a joke movie. Like it's just such a broken movie a that movie. I, I kind of have a soft spot for mid nineties, terrible stuff. So yeah, that's why it's at six. It, it just, I can't say it's good. <laughs> so I can't say it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my number five, this is where I think we might deviate a little bit, but again, I was very Maybe shocked not. by where you put heart condition because I think I, in my brain, I thought you, you, th- you got the perception. I liked it more than I was saying. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was like engaged by it, but I wasn't like thinking it works. Yeah, okay. It's just like, this is an interesting failure. Okay. Yeah. So my number uh, five is Osmosis Jones. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, this is a deviation. Yeah. Which okay. is not super, I guess, shocking to me. I still struggled mm-hmm. on where to put it because I was like, I had such a deeply un- unenjoyable time watching it, but I was like trying to separate that in my head away from like my personal like stuff of like, oh, I can't handle watching these things. Mm-hmm. But like, the, it is more competently made of a film than the ones beneath this movies right now, and that's where I kind of like landed on number five because the top four I generally enjoyed, where the bottom four I generally didn't enjoy, but in decreasing levels type of thing. So Osmosis mm-hmm. was like the first one, and it's not because the movie is broken anyway. It's because the content, like the subject matter, makes me nauseous, and therefore makes me not want to watch it. Okay, yeah. So, it is pretty gross. Like, uh, I thought it could have been grosser, so I was like, and okay. it was my first time seeing it, so I was like, oh, wow, look at the restraint, but <laughs> I'll get into that when I get to but, my, my look at it. Yeah, so I just, I don't know, I just, I, I don't want to take away from, like, the animation guys and the world that they're trying to build, but for me, it was like, I almost didn't want any, and this is weird for me to say as a Bill Murray fan, I almost didn't want any Bill Murray in this movie. I wanted, mm. like, we can just have some, like, like on the screen stuff in the world of like, oh, what's going on? Oh, he's about to eat this egg. But we don't need to have we don't need to have the shot of him eating the egg. Like and maybe just an insert shot of like an egg going into someone's mouth. Yeah, like and we, you don't really need to know why, but like we it's don't just need short. this storyline with his dad and his daughter and him needing to take care of himself. We just need to have like a setup for like. Also, he doesn't have to be unhealthy for a virus to enter your body. Like that's the thing. Like. His storyline of being getting healthier doesn't need to happen for viruses. Like unhealthy people don't get are not the only ones getting viruses. Clearly, in the era of the world we're living in right now, anybody can get a virus. So yeah, my point is, yeah, I just I, I put it here because it is actually a better film than the previous three films that I put on my list. But because I just had this like like guttural level of not enjoyment, I can't mm-hmm. I can't put it higher because at least the other ones I enjoyed. Like, so. did not make me physically sick, therefore better than yes. Osmosis Jones. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, so what's your uh, this is th- This is where I ended up putting Alien Nation. Int- okay. Uh, yeah, because okay. I, I enjoyed the premise and, like, the things at the edges of this movie, but the actual, like, it's weird when, in our conversation, we talked about, like, how unimportant the mystery really is to a lot of these movies. It shouldn't matter, but for some reason, like, this movie's only 90 minutes, and I still wasn't engaged by the detective part of the oh, movie. Oh, no, not like, at all. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But Nathan? So I like the core characters' like interactions occasionally, but the thing they're pursuing is so obvious and so straightforward that I just wasn't interested. I'm making. I'm going to make the argument that only a single mystery is, a, is of interest. Of all eight yes. films? Uh, but that's okay. We'll get I into guess that so, when we yeah. get into it. I'll bring it up when we well, do. Yeah, like Theodore Rex's mystery, it's just like 
Armin Mueller is bad and he's going to blow up the he's going to make an ice age happen. But my point like, is like it's almost the same. The previous four Terrence movies Stamp we talked about the previous four yeah. movies we talked about that the whole reason why we didn't care about the movie is because even though we might not know what's going to happen next doesn't but we're not engaged because we don't care about what's going to happen next. Right. Like heart condition honestly has like a sinister mystery going on. But, we don't but care. it's like too serious about it for that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're yeah. This this just has a drug dealer is gonna start dealing drugs and they gotta stop him. Like, it's just it, something's missing. Like, there's no carrot on the stick or whatever. Like, I I had a tough time, even though it's a short running time. Uh, and yeah, I I liked the stars. I liked things about it, but it just wasn't powered by like genuine intrigue sure which i thought was a missing ingredient yeah yeah that's fine uh okay yeah so number five for your for his alienation this is actually mm-hmm. this list is starting to shape out to be a lot more similar than i anticipated going into it for okay yeah because i feel like we've had more contention but i think i think actually what i'm realizing is the contention we've had is that like you had a higher general love of enjoyment of the season whereas i yeah. had i think i just a few beats down enjoyment of the season type of thing like right. we're now I, starting I, to like, get into movies that I liked, but they're still sitting around six to seven. Like I feel batch one we had higher highs and lower lows. Yes. Whereas two was a lot of lows. A lot like, of lows. Franchise <laughs> pictures was pretty tough. Uh so this was sort of a like relief from that where it's like, hey, this isn't that bad. Like yeah. most But most I think of the my time. my peak mountaintop is still like seven out of ten. But like my four through one sits at like a six to seven for me. In this batch? Yes. Okay, so, like, none okay. of my, like, none of the peaks of this one are, like, super high. It's like, oh, this is, like, this is a solid movie. I like this movie. Um, okay, okay, so, anyways, my number four uh, is Dead Heat. Okay. Uh, now, the big reason for Dead Heat being my number four was, and we talked about this during the episode, there's a lot of fun things about this episode, but right beside those fun things is a dude named Joe Piscopo. Yeah, man. And he sucks a lot of <laughs> fun energy out of movies as he as we go along. Like once I wrap my head around the idea that oh, we're not watching like a a movie that I would have ever seen at the movie theater. Like we're watching mm-hmm. a New Moon or or Arrow video, like we're watching something that was released directly to Blockbuster or exclusively for Blockbuster. Something or like part home. of a double feature at the drive-in or yes, something. Yes, exactly. Like, like the is, second feature or the triple yeah. feature type of thing. It's the last one that they put on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Once I kind of got my head wrapped around that, I was like, okay, I can. I'm not seeing like this is a B movie. Like I'm seeing a fun, silly film. I was having more fun. But then like Joe Piscopo was trying so hard to be that like what he thinks a one-liner cool guy is, and yeah. failing at every corner that it kind of sucked the fun things that Treat Williams was doing throughout the entire film right out of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'll get to it later. I I still ended up like I have a real fondness for this subgenre, but yeah, Joe is not. Doing Sorry, what do you mean the here. zombie cop subgenre? Yeah, I love no, just horror comedies in general. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, the sub subgenre or whatever. Like the sub subgenre is what we're looking at. Yes. I'm talking about just the grander umbrella of horror comedy. So you mean so you're talking uh, about like Evil Dead's and Army of Darkness's and yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I I like that stuff a lot. So yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, this one might be controversial for, for this. Uh, this is where I ended up putting Last Action Hero mm-hmm. this time. Because it it's honestly, this was the only movie of this batch that I'd seen before. So it didn't have a surprise factor for me. And on this rewatch, I just wasn't having like a fun time. Like I just wasn't laughing at the jokes. I wasn't really captivated by it the way I was hoping. So it kind of faded a bit this time around. Uh, and in our looking at it, like it's one of those movies I wish kind of got a revisit, like McTiernan director's cut or like something, because it kind of got rushed into post production back when it came out. But I, I have a sense and they that like never I have a sense it. that they wanted to that reshoots would have helped this movie, not necessarily like stuff like sure. the cutting room floor. Oh yeah, like stuff that just doesn't exist at all. Yes. Like there's no way to fix. Yeah, it's just it feels like a movie that kind of got like short change then and just is kind of in this janky state now well i think I there's this was... big the problem with like last action hero is like there's this big like balloon around it because the studio mishandled like its potential like, like they, they put, put it up right against jurassic park in the summertime yeah. 
at the and I'm putting this in quotes because I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger was at the peak of his cinematic prowess at this point because yes he had just come off of T2 but like T2 was like that was a gamble like Terminator 1 was a, a cult hit it wasn't a blockbuster giant movie so making Terminator 2 was a risk that people loved but I'm not going to make the argument that it's because of Arnold Schwarzenegger because I would make the argument if it was because of Arnold Schwarzenegger the subsequent Arnold Schwarzenegger starred Terminator films would have been big movies Hmm. I'm thinking it's like for me it's John Cameron making a last Terminator film. <laughs> I could do, do you it. genuinely do that or do you just hate him? <laughs> like what's happening? No, I just hate him. I want him <laughs> okay. to be like I want to be like oh like I want to meet him in person and just say hey G-Kans. John Cameron it's John Cameron guys and just have him Can be I have like your autograph John Cameron yeah. <laughs> sign my laser disc. I mean, yes, Anyways, James Cameron is is the main. I think so because like the Terminator magic. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I think they overemphasize the value or what he was capable of doing, and he didn't pivot fast enough because Sly in the '90s pivoted pretty quickly to the high concept action film, mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger didn't do that. He was still kind of relying upon this stars me. Well, he was he in this era. He was kind of going for this family comedy thing. Like oh, for Ivan a while, Reitman yeah. And him were teaming up, yeah. and like Kindergarten Cop and Junior was about to come out the next year. Mm-hmm. Like it was just this weird. Like maybe I can do comedy, and but it's, it's like, not until well, the late '90s because even Eraser. I like Eraser, but it bombed because it was just another action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. But like it was. It's got until, a cool gun in it, but that's not really high yeah, concept that's enough. Not, it's not until the late <laughs> yeah. '90s where it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the Devil. That becomes like, or like Arnold Schwarzenegger clones himself. But even then, I make the argument that he was too late to the high concepts where like Stallone was doing high concept in 93 and 94. Like he was doing mm. like, here's me, uh, like here's the atypical 80s cop versus 80s villain time traveling to the future, right? In Demolition yeah. Man. Or here's uh, me being a mountain climber and we're going to have an entire action movie set on the top of a mountain type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like those were like fondly remembered Stallone action films from this era that revitalized his career because he was doing high concept, but Schwarzenegger was behind the high concept. Like he was trying to do high concept when action movies were just changing to born type movies, mm. right? Like he was making six yeah. day the year before born came out and everybody was ready for born. Dude. Okay. Giant tangent time. Uh, I watched uh, a good chunk of Ace Ventura when nature calls after we had conversations about it. Yeah. That movie starts with like a huge cliffhanger parody. Yes. Like it's just like five minutes of cliffhanger, except it's a raccoon. It's, it's just like, it seemed just like such a weird rooted in time gag. I was like, but it was what? rooted like cliffhanger is 93 or 94. Yeah. So yeah, and so, 93. And, so then 95, it's just like first five minutes of this movie or the first five minutes of this But Cliffhanger was a movie. huge movie, man. That scene was like, um, like people lauded that scene in the 90s. Yeah. So it ages no, it poorly so now to see. for new people. But even mm-hmm. today, like on TikTok, there's a comedian that I love. He was talking about why we, you know, this, um, uh, this like consciousness of like, have you heard that like a lot of people think the Monopoly guy has a monocle? Yeah, but he doesn't actually have a monocle. It's like a. Does Mr. Peanut have a monocle? He does, but this guy, this comedian, postures that the reason why we we get mistaken for uh, Mr. Uh, Monopoly guys having a monocle is because of Ace Ventura Two, because he has a whole sequence where he takes that rich dude at the African party who is like a bald, oh, and yeah. he has a monocle, and he makes an argument that this big movie, we combine these two ideas together. Because he has a monocle, and now we think that the Monopoly guy has always had a monocle, but really it's just this one. So, so is Ace saying like, "Hey, Uncle Pennybags," and whatever yes. to this? Oh like, yeah, he's guy? doing yeah. like he's moving his jaw and he's acting like he's like he's the Mono- Monopoly guy. Anyways, okay, I love yeah. Ace Ventura too. So if you're gonna say bad things, I was gonna like stop you. <laughs> Some of it's a little dated. Oh yes, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But that's '90s comedy. That's every era of comedy is dated. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Okay, so but it, what were we talking about? We were talking about Last Action Hero. You're number four. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about Last Action Hero? Um, no, I just well, okay. It just it didn't hit the comedy spot for me so much that I watched two other movies that night. Like it was just it just wasn't the right movie at the right time. I was like, I want dumb cop laughs, and this isn't that. So I'm gonna watch Naked Gun and Loaded Weapon. And those are not good movies, but But they're just like... No, 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 no. Time out, time out, time out. Naked Gun is a good movie. 
Naked Gun's a good movie, but I watched it second, so I fell asleep. Okay. But <laughs> or third, I guess, really. But uh yeah, Loaded Weapon is just dumb. But that's where I wanted to be that night, I guess. Okay. I was like, I need this to just be. But stupid, that's like and it's I, not. we got into this. We got into this during the episode. There's a difference yeah. between parody and satire, and satire is not parody. I guess it's not parody, like what Last Action Hero is doing. No, no, that's what I'm trying to say. Genre. Like you wanted, you wanted parody. Like you wanted Loaded Weapon, Naked Gun, which is parody. I, I wanted the Ace Ventura intro cliffhanger yes. thing. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm making the argument that I think. Last Action Hero was good satire because it was it, it was winking and nodding at the camera like it knows we all know what's going on, but it's not going like to the dumb levels type of thing, which is fun and good stuff. I love parody, but like Mel Brooks yeah. isn't making good satire. He's making parody. Blazing Saddles is about the only one on make the argument in his career that he actually made good satire at times. And that mm-hmm. was around not even Where, Westerns. I, I like me that high anxiety dude, just like. But I'm not even talking about. I'm just talking about cultural stuff. satire. He was making cultural satire with Blazing Saddles because of racial relations when he casted a black actor in the lead and had lots of black comedy going on. Uh, yeah, that was the satire where he was parody, but he used satire. He used that satire to, uh, and gave the masses parody through westerns. He uses mm-hmm. parody to bring up satire but they're i love not the, the meta same. stuff with that movie too when they like break out of the set and they're yes. like fighting on hollywood boulevard of course and all this it's crap. a good it's a good good movie yeah but my point is there's a difference between satire and parody i mm-hmm. i make the argument that last action hero sits in satire anyways have I, I, did my number, I did my number four right okay so i'm on three yeah okay so this is where i put alien nation okay because i agreed with everything you said but i think Going up, this is like exactly where I'm at the same level of enjoyment as you are, where you had mm-hmm. for Alienation, but I think everything's just a notch lower on my list type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Manny Patinkin and... and uh, um, Jimmy Kahn. Yeah. Uh, we're having a good time, but there's still problems <laughs> with that movie. Like, the alien yeah. makeup looked terrible. Like, it looks like Babylon 5 level makeup, which... If I insult some Babylon 5 people out there... Well, cost-cutting, you know, just put a thing on their head and put some pads in their shoulders and that's an alien, you know? Yeah, well, that was just... That was alien makeup at the time, too, though. Like, Star Trek Mm -hmm. Next Generation did the same thing where it was like, just make it a human and then put face makeup on them. Yeah, Brent Spiner is an android. And (laughs) they sell it, you know. But no, no, but that android makes sense because that was created by a human (laughs) to be human. I'm saying every, like, Worf is just, like, Klingons are just humans with wrinkly foreheads. Yeah. Spock, like, Vulcans are just. have an earring and slightly wrinkled noses. Exactly. And, like, Vulcans are literally just humans but with pointy ears. Romulans Mm -hmm. are just humans with pointy ears that get angry. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. But like emotional is, Vulcans, all yeah. those like detractors. I saw it a good time. I watched it. I, I I liked it for about half the movie, and then the last half it goes off the rails. That weird false ending I did not enjoy uh, as much, and I especially didn't enjoy like the actual final act, like when Terrence Stamp goes crazy and ballistic and turns into a monster. Mm-hmm. Like level, I thought that did, was. Did you like the scene where like Mandy sticks his arm in the water to save James Con and all that? Sure, like, but like they're bond. Okay, we talked about this. Like I understand that you have to give these aliens that are super strong and stuff like that a weakness, but yeah. it just makes zero sense that an alien like this person would live near a large body of water like the ocean. I know we said they should migrate to the Midwest, like, but even why like would you the fact that like the coast? why did they settle yeah. on Earth, which is like. Seven over seventy percent water, like no matter hey, where M. you go, thought lakes, of the same thing. So. Lakes, rivers, every house has been equipped with water. Like they're like walking around in death. Their entire house is a death trap to them. I think I think that's why I assumed it was the salt content. Okay, because it can't be every source of water everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but then, even then, like, okay. So then, if it is just the salt whatever. content, that's fine. Then, but then don't yeah. live. They wouldn't live in L.A. They wouldn't. Now, yeah. that being said, I still enjoyed, like, I told you about this in the episode. There's, like, one of my favorite parts of Captain Marvel is that L.A. 90s aesthetic that they have going on. Like, there's shots of, like, yeah. a smoggy concrete jungle that L.A. is that reminds me of, like, Predator 2 and that early 90s L.A. And mm-hmm. this movie, like, I, I swear the guy who made who is the cinematographer for Captain Marvel watched Alien Nation and said, that's what I'm re- recreating because 
I got that exact well, same feel. Y- yeah, you you shot in the spotlight on that guy as the MVP. What was his name again? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to type in Terminator 2 Cinematographer. Whoa, it, Alienation and Terminator 2 shared cinematographers? Yes, Adam Greenberg. You you told me this on the episode. That was like six weeks ago, man. Oh, okay. Six weeks yeah. ago, Christmas I, I, was... You're right. I did edit it more recently than you <laughs> talked it, so like, that's why I know Six weeks ago that. was before Christmas at this point. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, anyway. Uh, my number three was that's ended up being bronze medal for Osmosis Jones. Okay. Because that's where like I hadn't seen it before. I thought it was kind of fun and timely. What with diseases and viruses and everything. Uh, and the conclusion we didn't really like get into the cop duo and what they do, but like the final bit of this movie is this like fist fight on a mucous membrane of an eyeball of a different person. And I thought that was like a, of a completely different person, like. Like, Osmosis Jones is a white blood cell belonging to Bill Murray, and the final fight scene takes place on the eyeball of Bill Murray's daughter. Yeah, he gets, like, sneezed across the room chasing this virus. He's like, no, you can't infect her, and, like, chases after uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and they have, like, a Matrix fight on an eyeball. And it's it's just, like, so nuts-looking. Like, the, the false eyelash looks super crazy, and there's these little sprites running up and down it fighting. And the the character contrast between yeah, like David Hyde Pierce and Chris Rock is like just kind of fun. I think I might watch that live action pairing too. So there was things about it I thought were working well, and I got Chris Elliott in there, you know, just, just by surprise, establishing his so good natured slob. Chris Elliott is somebody that you get excited for, dude. Yeah, the the cabin boy himself was was in this movie. Sure, so. I just I think I've seen more Chris <laughs> Elliott films than you have, and I don't understand. And he doesn't bring a smile to your face? No. Chris Elliott? It's Chris Elliott. Like, I don't understand. There's a reason why he is where he is in life. (laughs) I I don't know. I I get positive vibes from Chris Elliott. Uh, I also liked uh, Shatner's Mayor Fleming character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Shatner just just brings a level of fun to things that he does. Yeah. But having that kind of, like, all of your bad impulses and bad food decisions, like, in a character that is doing that as, like, a scummy, self-serving politician, I thought was, like, a fun little bit. So, I don't know. I I was charmed by this movie. I thought it was generally pretty good. And, like I said, like, it could have been grosser. Like, they didn't get into a lot of bowel region stuff in this. But I think that was for, like, ratings reasons. Like, I I was looking into, like, you can't do, like, fart noises or fart jokes without getting, like, a dreaded PG-13 for an animated film type of thing okay like, but like so, so the, they, they the focus on the fair farley's are restrained yeah but here's the thing like i if it was farting stuff i think it would have been more better it was it's like for me it's gastrointestinal like stomach related things and i'm like the stuff that he was eating oh ugh. anyways <laughs> uh can i tell you one beef that i didn't bring up in that episode with this movie sure sure those yeah. uh white blood cells are giant do you know how big what? a white blood smell is actually on your skin, like, or anything? You're saying Chris Chris Rock is too big? To, like, to be on top <laughs> yeah. of an eyeball and to see an eyelash? Like, an eyelash, it wouldn't even, like, an eyelash wouldn't look like an eyelash to it. You would be seeing all what, like, an, a white blood cell is as small as what makes up an eyelash. I know. They they make him small on it for us, but he would be invisible. I, I understand. Beyond invisible. Like, every, <laughs> it, there would be no sense of, like, outside. Like, the, like, when they're in the mouth about to... I'm like, they have one little thing tickle the back of his throat. I'm like, there's no way a white blood cell could tickle the back of his throat to make him sneeze. Like, that's not possible. Hey, it's, cre- it's imaginary. I know. I like totally agree. I'm just saying, like, yeah. because I, I was sitting there not having a good time and something that came up in my mind... Because I was sure. feeling sick to my stomach. Like, I'm not sitting here saying Osmosis Jones is a bad movie. I'm just saying I got sick watching it. Mm-hmm. It's Dog Soldiers, man. I'm so sorry. Dog Soldiers is a good movie, but I can't say I like it because I got food poisoning while watching it. So, Okay. Okay, so I'm on to uh, my number two? Yep. This is where we're going to deviate. I think so I'm, I'm going to guess that my number two is your number one. And okay. Uh, my number one, I think you, you'll probably would have guessed by now. Uh, this is where I put hidden the hidden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is unlike Nathan. I had seen three of the five movies that we, three of the eight going into this batch already type of thing. Uh, the hidden is the one I had not like one of the ones I had not seen that, but I was excited to see. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I I liked it. I, I don't think 
I liked it as much as I wanted to based upon the premise and the creators and the actors involved type of thing. I think it went into mm-hmm. camp a little bit too much and had a lot more potential to be an actually scary kind of movie or like mm. at least be good, but there's too much campy jokiness. Uh, also, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the idea that like why Michael Norrie would like turn down rigs for this, but yeah. No, it's, that was like, it's a way more creative screenplay. Like get out of my office, Shane Black. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I had a good time. I really liked it, but I just think, there's just like lost potential in this movie that like there's some things that the the, the screenplay is I can't tell if it's trying to hide but also that then the filmmaker was like this is too obvious so we're going to lean into it like they're trying to hide that Kyle MacLachlan is uh, an alien for far too long on the screenplay level but the movie almost is like this isn't realistic of course he's an alien so we're going to do physical things to make you convinced but we're not going to tell you he is with our dialogue until way far too late in the film. I get, well, I mean, I think it's more of the characters around him don't clue in until kind of late. So you start wondering how with it they are. That was my big issue was Michael Norrie's character is kind of slow on the draw on that for a detective. And it yes. kind of, yeah, like it makes that third act set up a little weird. So yeah, that was my big issue with it. And then I guess I, I had a big problem with the third act fi- finale like, it ends on a positive note, but I had so much potential to be kind of like, uh, like, like the, Mysterious the thing. Or, well, the thing yeah. ending where it's like they, this one bad guy goes into the room with two people and um, Leah, Sh- like, uh, sorry, is it Shay? Lynn Shay comes Sh- out and she's yeah. acting all weird alien like and the movie just like completely forgets her. Like there was maybe another version of this movie that had a more dour ending. Like the best thing I can relate to Nathan is when in the first batch we watched um, a Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. and like I love that Body Snatchers. But your big beef with Body Snatchers was that was the finale. Like it just wasn't. They just kind of wrap everything up and like, oh no, they the alien plan didn't succeed. Yeah, and they they yeah. they missed that punch at the end. I felt like the hidden missed the punch at the end of like. Yeah, they wrap everything up. It's all good. And I'm like, well, no. I'm, uh, I'm, just, yeah. I'm saying I, I disagreed with you for the Body Snatchers. I can disagree with you for the Hidden. Because I thought no. Body Snatchers did a good job. And I love Body, body Snatchers. Body Snatchers did a terrible I know, job. But that's what yeah. my point is. Like, the Hidden, <laughs> I think, missed the beat here because it just – it was setting up this – like, it's a good premise. So, like, an alien's invading one at a time and eventually he changes this thing. Uh, if I was this alien, I would go into the because everyone at this point knows, like the the main leads know that he's trying to get into the senator. I would go into the senator secretary because that senator, that secretary is going to be around the senator later on when they're not chasing you. And I felt the mm. movie knew this, and then completely. It almost seemed it. like a last second rewrite or like a editing change. Or it really does feel all like they set it up. Yeah, the movie becomes super bombastic at the very end, and it's just. Kyle McLaughlin walking with a flamethrower. Check off flamethrower, though. I know, and it was dope. It was a fun scene, but it just it lacked an emotion, like it lacked a the hit that I felt the movie deserved a bit more. Like it has these vibes for the thing because of flamethrowing and body swapping and 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 invasion stuff, but then doesn't commit to the dark end of the thing, which is like okay are. Are they? Is but the I, I, I think I think the important question though is you did some research before this episode. How close to Men in Black is this movie? Like, is it basically the oh, same story? Uh, no, Men in Black is so much better than this movie. Here's the thing. So I did watch <laughs> because we watched like I, I it was like the first six episodes, first six movies we did. We talked about Men I, in Black. I think it was only four times, maybe. But yeah, we brought up Men in Black several times as like our high watermark. For I bet you it's actually length. more than four because I think I I think it was five at least but you're only into editing four at this point well we did the two that are expressly alien related so it obviously came up there yeah you shoehorned it into heart conditions somehow yeah, and then RIPD, guy and a black guy. i know ripd obviously has like yeah, visual so, parallels and last yeah. action hero we talked about it the first week in last action hero so that's five did we yeah we did. why would it be in that conversation i can't remember but it was definitely talked about anyways my point is men in black is the king of weird buddy cop films and the four hidden, people born in our time frame, yeah. I think, or ever. Like, there's none of these movies. I get, touch we can this. make that assertion. Like, for all I know, there's some real cool YouTube video or something that that does it perfectly. But I, I don't. Oh, know. you mean like somebody who made like a fan, or film. someone like maybe new young people are way into Bright. Like that's their one. Ugh. You know, have you Will seen Smith? Bright though? 
I have not. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know a human being who would be into Bright. Like it's fine. Over they, the other Will Smith, like Netflix weird body himself, cop. like Netflix himself, like they greenlit uh, a sequel to it, and they have not touched it because it ended up being kind of like lackluster for them. Yeah. Okay. My point is like, sorry, sorry to do that. Yeah. It's fine. It, Men in Black is is a great film. Hidden is trying to like balance out this comedy versus the serious versus the violent. And it, I feel like sometimes it, it doesn't succeed in the formula, but I was very pleasantly surprised and I liked it. Like I was, I did okay. like it type of thing. I just, my critique would be that it, it didn't nail it, but movies don't nail it often. And there's probably a reason why we don't know about the hidden until we got into this batch. I guess so. Yeah. So anyways, uh, for me, number two, that's where I put uh, dead heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I open with the phrase other than Joe Piscopo. So, you know, like it's just kind of <laughs> I liked everything about this movie except our buddy Joe there just kind of carbon dating it as like dated comedy, dated character, one note, all that stuff. But you do still get Treat Williams doing his best. You get a great Vincent Price scene. I liked uh is it Darren McGavin? Like the the villains in this movie get to really chew some ham. Like it's it's pretty great. Uh and yeah, there's there was that one crazy horror scene in the center of the movie that just caught me so off guard like in that the I was shop. actually kind of happy with it. No, where the woman just melts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, "What is this? Like this is such a weird like and it was right after Joe died." And I just didn't clue into that's what happened. So it was just like a real surreal five minutes there where I was just super thrown like what is even happening in this movie anymore. And then, yeah, you get the butcher shop scene, which like if you saw that movie at a young age, you're probably a vegetarian. Like it's just such a weird, gross meat. Hey, if you saw Dead Heat at a young age, good for you. You're living your best life. Yeah. Uh, But Professor Tanaka, you know, he's just doing his best stuff Mm -hmm. there uh it's well not his best stuff he's he's in some other great stuff including yeah, your number say, one but okay uh, but yeah that that it's just it's a genre i have a soft spot for joe doesn't ruin it and he's not there for like 15 key minutes in the last act so it kind of here's the thing like what i find it. interesting about joe i wonder if he walked on set with the big head because he never even like becomes zombified like he comes back as a zombie but there's no like flesh him like being makeup covered so I wonder if like oh, yeah, a part it's of, like the like, very beginnings, like his forehead's kind of pale. Oh, it's like I'm not doing the makeup. Like yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Treat Treat gets into it. Like once yeah. he gets fully burnt and is just unhinged at the end, it's really fun mm-hmm. for like f- 15, 20 minutes. Oh yeah. So I like it when a movie ends on an upswing. So sure. that's where I felt good on that one. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay, yeah. so you did guess my number one. Uh, I guess by yeah. process of elimination, we deduction. Yeah, I'm really good at clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so mine is Last Action Hero, um, mm-hmm. and I don't disagree with your points on Last Action Hero. It's definitely a broken movie, uh, but it is like my fourth time seeing it. Type of thing I've seen. When it. was the last time you saw it? Like, how much of a break happened? Two or three years. Think? Okay. Like I bought it on I, Blu-ray. I feel like it was two... a good decade or something. But yeah, okay. I bought it on Blu-ray like two or three years ago, and I watched it type of thing when i got it um yeah i don't know there's there's for me like the, the the positives outweigh the negatives i'm having fun for a lot of the movie like a lot mm-hmm. of it like once the kid gets into i like jack slater's world and the satire that they're going with jack slater's world i think it's like goofy fun no action movie like that has ever existed but we talked about this in the episode because we talked about how uh the real world in this world is our action film and Jack Slater yeah. is our action films, action films. Sure. Yeah, I, so, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so we got to go step into this world a little bit. And it's like, okay, this is pretty silly and fun. Um, I'm having a good time. The jokes land. I think it's like F. Murray Abraham's like cameo, I think is actually pretty funny. Because they're just like, I feel bad for his career. But like that is, he is like always going to be the bad guy. And that's the gag of his entire role in the movie mm-hmm. but for me it's like honestly it comes down to charles dance charles dance like that's the one of the first movies one of the two movies i saw as a kid that made me like fall in love with charles dance is this in alien 3 and mm-hmm. he's killing it throughout this entire film he's doing he's having lots of fun having a great time so all the detractors is like he's always there having a good time tom noonan freaked me out as a kid like his uh 
Axe man or whatever. Yeah, like his axe wielding definitely freaked me out. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I, I have fondness. I think because I also saw it as a kid and I grew up with it type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, that fondness as a kid, just, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't the recipe I was looking for this time. And then I, I was kind of miffed by the final act, not kind of making good on the monster movie team up that they seem to be like playing toying with oh, yeah you know for sure like i felt it was like Chekhov's bram stoker's dracula dracula and then they don't make good on anything i know that, i think that you know? that budget at that point would have been kind of ridiculous the fact that they I only guess, could get yeah. f murray abraham as a throwaway actor for a throwaway gig is like, like okay they're not going to get anthony hopkins and gary oldman to show up and yeah i guess things type of thing but mm-hmm. it's a fun to like hint at those things as potential if he gets to live. But it, to be fair, for Charles Charles Dance as a character, uh, his villainy, like it makes sense for them to not focus on Hannibal because you have to convince Hannibal and Dracula that Jake Slater is someone he ha- they have to kill. Yeah. But in this world, he's like, who can I get? Well, we already have this established villain in number four who came the closest to hurting Jack Slater so far because of how movie tropes work. Because you're not going to go for Jake Slater 1's villain because villains get harder as they go along in these movies. Sure, So you go sure. for the previous one and you get Tom Noonan back. So I, the, the, the thing that I thought was lacking was Tom Noonan and like Charles Dance share very little screen time together. Like they don't collaborate. Yes. They just are both there again. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, okay. And as, as you deduced, uh, my number one was The Hidden, directed mm-hmm. by Jack Shoulder. And written by Jim Kauf, who uh, got on my radar. Sorry, Jim. I I I'm I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, I should learn though, because he's he's worth it. Uh, I I like this movie quite a bit. I it was like borderline like nine out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. I really had a great time. Uh, so and obviously like the inspiration for Rockstar Games, like Alien Three, Men in Black, all this stuff cribbed from this movie. So you know, Rockstar it's, it's Games. Neat. Oh, yeah, Rockstar Video Games. Like, the Hauser brothers basically owe Jim Kauf money for, like, how much they ripped sorry, straight because, out. Of sorry, because of the opening scene of this guy causing chaos? The whole crime spree subgenre, I think, was really invented right here. Bonnie and Clyde didn't inspire anything? No. Also, kind of overrated, Bonnie and Clyde. I'm not uh, saying it's say not that. overrated, but my, my argument <laughs> is that the crime spree concept is not but the in like hey with bonnie and clyde at the end of that movie they get shot up a bunch and then they get out of the car and keep going that's a screenplay yeah that's uh, what i'm saying so you that's mean, this movie you mean bob hunt <laughs> right you don't mean jim cough oh yeah the the pseudonym because he he didn't get to direct it so he didn't get to yeah he wanted uh, his name off of the film uh yeah most of this movie worked really well for me except that character moment between the two leads in that in the at that juncture that we talked about in the episode like i felt that was kind of like the plot wanted an action scene and shoehorned in character motivations and stuff for that to happen and it kind of hurt it a bit for me there is the ending i felt that was like super nuts when he the assassination with the flamethrower i was kind of on board with how crazy that got but i was i was half expecting a twist with with that situation like they assassinated the senator and they didn't need to or something or it doubled somehow and we just hadn't seen that part of that alien's like life cycle mm-hmm. until that point in the movie or something like yeah but hey maybe the hidden 2 will end up on a like a did this need a sequel or something category isn't there an the actually future. a hidden 2 there is and we'll see how they answered this question are you actually you're going to go and watch this 2.9 out of 10 on IMDb film oh we're going to watch it as part of a future batch oh okay that's Perhaps. probably not going to happen I'll, I'll at least put it in the document. But yeah, I, I ended up having just a really surprising happy time with this movie. So that that's why it, it rose to the top for me. Sure. Um, And I, I, I don't, don't want to like, like, throw I, shade saying... on Action Hero. It was it was just like it just didn't hit what I needed at the time. Like I, I still have fondness for it from when I was young and like rode on my bike to go buy it at Walmart. But here's just, the thing, like, Nathan, I don't, I don't think we're disagreeing on where Action Hero, like, it sounds like you kind of put Action Hero at a six or seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. That is exactly where it sits in my list as well. That just unfortunately means that Hidden is, like, not at a nine. Like, I'm not agreeing with you that it's a nine out of a ten type of thing. I liked it. I had I a good time it. with it. And I, co- yeah. I played with the idea of owning it. 
but I ultimately decided not to to purchase like a physical copy of this movie because I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this again. Sure. I have a lot of digital copies from this batch. Like uh, I ended up just upgrading to owning it on several platforms, like if the cost was similar. So, yeah, I do own the hidden on iTunes mm-hmm. so I can watch it whenever I want. I-, I just loved how committed to its violent premise it was. Like it's it can't be edited for Superstation. It's too gritty. Yeah. <laughs> it's too nuts. So, yeah, that 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 squib happy craziness from the 80s. I uh, really, really hit the spot for me. See, so. but the, okay, so like, if I was to, to put a point of contention, like, I, I agree, I like. We talked about this before. I like violence. Like, violence in cinema is actually a fun, a fun thing to watch sometimes. Uh, sure. This, them not reacting the way, like, it doesn't. When a squib explodes, but they don't react, like they're getting hit. Kind of like, yeah. The best thing I could think of is Robert Patrick. Like, those bullets mm-hmm. never hurt him. But the physical impact still caused him to be like moved. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, like if you mess up that alien's body enough, he can't succeed. So why wouldn't you shoot his limbs or or his like head? Why are those bullets yeah. like doing like they're they're blowing through him? But there's no physical weight of it hitting him. Like it would still hit bone and physically stop him in some ways. But like that when we got to the stripper point, she's literally just walking through bullets, not taking mm-hmm. into account that it's person who is a. a like who, who expert if they marksman get, if they get yeah. sh- if they get shot in the sternum that's going to stop anybody for a second at least but they're just yeah. walking through so like those moments like took me out of it because i know like they don't care about limb just like the thing doesn't care about limbs but there's still a physical reaction of like physics like forcing you to stop doing things that like it right. lost me on that because like i like when robert like it's smart to keep shooting robert patrick's uh t1000 because he will like slow down, but then he right. gets back up and keeps no, moving. Sarah almost defeats him that way just through impact of shotgun blasts, yes. but she runs out of bullets. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I felt that was probably like a budget thing with like, sure. it's easier to do a shoulder hit than like a face. Like they only do one face for sure, shot but I, in I the I don't movie. even care. I don't care if they like extract limbs from the person and go for like elbows and stuff like that. I'm saying like when she's walking, like she just stumbles back as they shoot her. But really, they just yeah. have her keep walking through these bullets. Yeah, kind of robotic. Yeah, which doesn't quite make sense with the biological nature. But of it what's also going doesn't on. look as aesthetically pleasing. Is my point? Is the thing like I don't think it looks. I'm actually cool. now. Now I'm wondering where is that alien bug sitting inside the body, and why can't you just shoot through that part where it's sitting? You yeah, because it's just a bug. Like if it's you had, if you had a bullet that could just puncture through, why can't you hit the alien itself? You know. Yeah. But Anyways. but how did how did Vincent D'Onofrio solve this problem in uh, Men in Black? What do you mean? Oh, why? Because he's inside a human Vincent D'Onofrio's body. Yeah. yeah, that that bug in D'Onofrio's body makes zero sense because the bug itself doesn't <laughs> talk. So how is the bug able to manipulate Vincent D'Onofrio's vocal cords in a human sack skin? Vibrating and I don't like, know. how is he able to yeah. minutely use his fingertips? Like it's just a bug. It's one of those like things you how can't, much you can't bug think is about crammed that. in there. Yeah, you yeah, can't think yeah. about it. But like Vincent D'Onofrio steals. I watched this movie last night to, to get ready for tonight's thing, and he yeah. is like running away with. And I love that movie. Like I love Will Smith. I love Tommy Lee Jones. I think they're killing it. But Vincent D'Onofrio is running away with that film. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's so good. Like I love that third act though, because like it's it's delivering on what R.I.P.D. doesn't. Where like Vincent D'Onofrio is the villain the whole movie, and at the end of the movie he turns into something insane that he can't possibly be. Yes. He's like a twelve foot cockroach. Yeah. Whereas at the end of R.I.P.D., Kevin Bacon becomes eight foot Kevin Bacon. <laughs> like it's dumb. It's like why doesn't he more like metamorphose he, into the okay, craziest in fairness, monster? I, this is actually a mythology problem in R.I.P.D. because he hasn't been dead that long. Yeah. Whereas he's the mastermind, I guess, but he's really no. Not. That's how wicked smart he is from Boston that he's able to like <laughs> organize all the deadites from like that for thousands of years haven't been able to figure this out, but he figured it out in three years. And we're giving like a lot of credit to Sam Raimi and his excellence. They say deados in the movie, and it's lame. That's why I'm not saying deados because I want to say deadites. Deadites is great. Yeah, deadites is better. So R.I.P.D. The true number eight, uh, last action hero, and the hidden are our number ones yes. for this batch uh so yeah that's that's that uh okay i i just kind of shoehorn a question in here about movie 
theater popcorn. Yeah. What would happen at the end of the day when there's a bunch of popcorn left over? Do, do the staff get it or do you just throw it away oh, yeah. in the compost? Okay, so I don't know. Uh, the big thing that we did, uh, we always put popcorn into a gar- into garbage bags. Okay. And throw it away type of way. We had a trash dumpster. But if you were smart enough at the before the end of shift, you could go to the manager and say, hey, like, do you mind if I have some popcorn at the end of the night? And like you don't, you're not allowed to make extra popcorn. So like the end of the night runs for out. yourself. Yeah, yeah. You just like if you have some left over on like a Friday or Saturday where you're constantly making stuff, there's a good chance you'll have some decent popcorn left over. You're allowed mm-hmm. to take it. We were allowed to take it home under one management. Then Candy Meadows got bought out privately by another family, and that all changed. Like it was like put the popcorn in, in the garbage bag and cover it with water, and then take it out to the dumpster. So no human could ever enjoy it. Yes. Like it was <laughs> this guy, this guy who took over was the absolute worst. He, he hired only teenagers. He took advantage of teenagers. He like would uh, force them. Like he would put them on busy schedules for 40 hours a week and then give them nothing for weeks and then cause them to quit. Cause he would refuse to lay them off or fire them. Hmm. And like, he was just the absolute worst. Like, he used people. Anyways, working at that job from one season to another, like, really changed. Like, I worked there twice. I had to quit once because when he took over at the end of summer, I all of a sudden had zero hours. And I had to just quit to go find a new job. Then I came back at, at winter when he was like, hey, do you want to come back and work? We got some shifts for you. And then I worked there two weeks. And then same thing, exact same thing happened for me. So, like, huh. He, right. it was like very wasteful. It was like, and then there was even a time. Okay. So I don't know if people know this, but like when you go get pop from like a movie theater, there's typically a system of wires that runs to the back room where you, that's where you plug in the syrup. And what it mm-hmm. is, is just tap water that runs through a carbonation process. Okay. And yeah. then you, that, that water mixes, becomes carbonated. And then you mix it with the syrup and then becomes pop when you push it into the machine. Mm-hmm. The filter at Kenya Meadows, uh, when I was working there, uh, needed to be replaced for uh, months. Like the water filter? Yeah, like the carbonation filter. Oh, okay. There was like, it got to the point where like, if somebody asked for carbonated, like just carbonated water, like for example, if you run out of syrup, like if you were to take a syrup and disconnect it and you were to run. There would just be soda water, It would just be soda water. It came out gray. Because the filter was supposed to take the carbon out of the carbon, like carbonization thing, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. And so you, when you went to got pop, are they expensive? Was, like, is this is this, this like guy ben was Kingsley just and... he was just sleazy and just didn't want to pay money didn't for care. things. And like, yeah. I brought it to attention. I one time I went and I was changing out stuff, and like because of a pop ran out, it was like orange pop, I think. And I went mm-hmm. and I was running it, and I was like ran out in front of me. So I was like, okay, too bad. And I went to change it and made sure and tested it out and. When you test it, it runs soda water just for a bit before the orange catches up. And as I was testing it, it was coming out gray. And I was looking at it. I was like, this isn't good. So I went and detached it and ran it for a bit to see if I could run it. And it wasn't changing. It. It was, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, went to my manager, who was a good guy. And I was like, hey, like this filter needs to be changed because this is what's happening. And the manager was kind of like, yeah, I know. Like the owner says he's going to take care of it. But had it uh, for months. Yeah. So, so if you had pop at Kenya Meta Cinema in the year 2001, you might have <gasps> something. Yeah. Dude, so. I saw I saw Monsters Inc there during that time, so too bad. Crap. Hey, you might have oh, well. Monsters Inc that was a November release. When I I don't I I don't know when it would have been at Kenya Meadows though, probably early the next year. I guess so. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. But okay. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean for that to turn into like a, you know, local business behind the scenes. Like, uh, well, it's scandal. not owned. It's actually fascinating. The guy who owns it, his, uh, him and his wife went through a nasty divorce. She <laughs> <laughs> so much gossip about Canyon Meadows. Yeah, and she ended up winning the movie theater in the settlement and completely changed the place around. Oh, great! She's okay, killing it. He lost it. It's it's very good. Very good situation. Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> At least that turned out well. Uh, okay, so that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want answered, uh, you can email us at ryanokavio.ca or nathanokavio.ca. Alternatively, you can check out Twitter at okvideopodcast. I'm still really not versed in how to do anything on there, but wait, wait, I'm, I'm all posting... these years you haven't, you're not versed on Twitter. 
I was on Twitter like eight years ago, and then I just got off of there because I couldn't deal with it. And now we're on there as a podcast, and I don't know what to do. Like, do I pursue my interests on Twitter and just have our video store podcast? Well, no, on it'd there, be, it would or... be our interests. So it'd be like on the avenues of like, like it has to be movie related, right, or something like that. Yeah, like it, yeah, you yeah. can't just like randomly pick some like obscure thing and hope that they're going to be those people are going to be interested sumo in wrestling. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Still figuring out, but if you want to ask us a question there, that'll work too. Uh, next batch, we're going to be looking at a selection of films starring our favorite motion picture actor, the poster child of the nouveau shamanic method, Nicolas Cage. Yes. And uh, like, I, I'm actually going to go one step further and let's say like my favorite actor of all time type of thing. Like, oh, like the stage, like TV, anything. Like he's yeah, just like, he's the pinnacle in my, in my opinion. The ultimate performer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've chosen stuff from throughout his career that we feel represents, uh, I don't know, interesting d- dimensions of him. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. For sure. Yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, until then I'm Nathan and I'm Ryan. Bye bye for now.